Hello and welcome inside EMS listeners. We're popping into your day to introduce you to the Better Every Shift podcast. My name is Aaron Zamzo. I'm a firefighter and EMT, and I'm the host of the podcast, which is on Fire Rescue One. With me is my co-host, Janelle Fasquette. We talk about a lot of things that uh, pertain to not only the fire service, but also to the EMS side. Uh, we talk about leadership with Chief, Chief Lieb from FDNY. We also talk about recruitment and career advancement with Chief Freeman. We talk about pertinent uh, topics, uh, one of which is the Super Bowl, right, Janelle, which I know is near and dear to your heart. Oh, yeah, I love some football. And today's episode is great because we have the opportunity to speak with Captain Ashley Losh with Glendale Fire, home of this year's Super Bowl. Uh, she gives us the inside scoop on all things first responder related to the Super Bowl, all the different IMTs, resource working groups, uh, the so many different organizations that need to coordinate on this. And she gives us some insights there. It's pretty fun. Yeah, but she didn't tell us exactly who gets to guard Rihanna and, and how you get to, uh, assigned to that. But she did mention over 150 agencies in some of the meetings that um, she was in. Uh, the numerous amounts of events, not only in Glendale, but in the surrounding area and all of the different planning that goes into it. So very interesting on both the fire and EMS side. Super good listen for anybody involved in those industries. Yeah. And if you like the show, please follow us over on Fire Rescue Ones, the Better Every Shift podcast, and uh, let's get into it. All right, everybody. Welcome to this super episode of the Better Every Shift podcast. And uh, Janelle, why is it super today? Why is it it's extraordinary and super? It's super because we're talking Super Bowl. We are talking Super Bowl with uh, Captain Ashley Lush. And I did okay with that one today. Did it. Um, yes. She is, um, she is, is actually works with um, Glendale Fire. And she is going to be doing uh, a lot of, of stuff with the Super Bowl. We'll get into that a, a little bit uh, here. But... Um, before we do, welcome, Captain. How are you Thanks. holding up here? Are you excited about this upcoming Super Bowl? Thanks for having me. Um, excited, yes. So we have coined it Super Season. So obviously we have the Super Bowl, but you can imagine all the events, all of the things leading up to the big day. So um, as soon as the playoffs are done, it's it's Super Season here in, in Glendale, Arizona. Super and super time consuming, uh, I imagine for you. Now, this isn't the first time you've done this. You're you're, you're a 22 year vet for Glendale Fire, um, and again, this is the year where the Super Bowl is going to be there. Right. You've served as full time PIO for the last five years. Um, this is is this the third time I think working with the Super Bowl, uh, working with the different resource groups for fire EMS, and and then of course now as PIO. Uh, is that right? Is this your third time working on a Super Bowl? It is. It's my third Super Bowl. We had it in 2008, 2015, and now, of course, 2023. So, yeah, I've worked, obviously, in different capacities when it's come to the Super Bowl. And this year, is I'm far more entrenched in what we're doing and all the planning and things like that than in years past. But um, we've all been involved, whether it's working the actual game on game day in 2008, or all the way up to, to the planning to this year. I've, I've kind of had my toe in a little bit of everything. It, there's a lot, there's so much to this, you know, from a fire EMS standpoint, I, I mean, a lot of our listeners probably have said, well, I've worked events before, but this is, this is like the grand poobah and it's not just 
the game itself. I mean, what, when does really your responsibility start? Um, the day after the last Super Bowl ended, right? Because <laughs> literally we're on the clock at that point. We, we have representatives go watch the previous game, go to the city, talk to their resource working groups, talk to everybody, see how their plans laid out and, and what they had set up, and then come back here and start implementing some of those things. Because even though we're, we've hosted twice before, everything's a little bit different, right? And, and every year changes and there are nuances and NFL has different restrictions. And then of course the partners have different restrictions. So, so things are always changing, but we are definitely on the clock the day after the last game ends. And we have been working ever since then. And we're gonna work all the way through game day. And the next day when they start breaking down, we'll, we'll still be there. Right. Right. Sounds like a Vince Lombardi kind of thing, right? Where you're, you're, you're obviously the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. And you start from like day one and you just yeah. keep going. Right. Um, you do. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. I mean, there's always tasks. It's well, what about this? And what about this scenario? And um, thankfully we, we break it down into, you know, IMT and inside IMT, inside IMT, and there's all these resource working groups. So um, they break it down kind of like a fire ground, right? You're going to have command and then you have your tactical and your task levels and everyone sort of does their job and it come, it all comes together in the end. So what's your, what's your role in that this year? PIO. So this okay. year I'm really okay. in charge of public information and I'll have two other people full time. Um, and, and we're working 10 days before the Super Bowl in IMTs, right? So we're in a JIC. Um, some of us are, are in the EOCs. Some of us are out on the streets. And then we, we have day-to-day stuff too because we're a busy city. So um, this year, my role really is, is focused on public information and working in that resource work, working group and getting to do a lot of the social media surrounding it and, and getting prepared for things like that, emergency messaging and all that comes with public information. I love how you called it when we were talking before, but it's one giant IMT with a multitude of mini IMTs. Um, So how many resource working groups are there? And if we put you on the spot and said, name them in a minute, could you do it? Nope. No, I, I, (laughs) there's there's that many. I, yeah, I couldn't even tell you. I, I would really have to dig into it. There are so, I mean, there's a resource working group for um, streets and traffic and public information and EMS and fire and, uh, you know, law enforcement and drones and airport communications, radios, you name it, there's a resource working group for it because there is so much that goes into this. And while, you know, like you said, we have events all the time and there are fire departments across the country that deal with events constantly this is just such a big stage and there's so much that goes into it the amount of events alone surrounding the super bowl and and the week leading up it's like there's like a hundred events and new ones every day popping up so it's just a lot to manage yeah it's it's just the magnitude of it how how did you begin so this is your third one what was your first one like how did you get involved in this originally and, and how did it evolve for you Right. So 2008 uh, was our first one. And 
everyone they just said everyone's working someone if you're not on shift you're working the super bowl and so we just showed up and they gave us assignments really we i didn't have a hand in any and any of the planning any of the decisions i showed up on the day at whatever my call time was i think it was something like 6 a.m and they said go through this process we had already been through security you know we do clearance and all of that stuff months ahead where they do background checks and things of that nature and nfl has specific items that need to be checked and so you show up and you get your credentials and they're like you're allowed in these three places and this is where you're working and uh get on take this equipment and this is your radio and get on this bus and go do your thing and then we'll see you when you get back so that was really 2008 was a lot of we didn't know what we didn't know because we hadn't done it before and right um yeah so i just i worked a party I worked a private party and I was home by halftime. That will not be the case this year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no, no. And I imagine, you know, security, it, it, it changes. Like you were saying, NFL changes their parameters. Perfect. Obviously, then we had COVID in the, you know, in the mix of that. And you obviously, with all the different things that go on with the, you know, mass shootings and right. all the, just the different uh, scenarios, right? Like you guys carry these scenarios. Now, are you in meetings where people are literally throwing these out? Like, what if this, and what if that, and then do you guys put together that plan? Yes, absolutely. So those plans are, are already in place. Um, because this is something we would deal with any day and every day, right? I mean, mass shootings can happen at any time. So we're, we're always prepared for those incidents. Um, it's just in this case, Here's the perimeter. This is where people are, knowing where the entrances and exits are and things of that nature. Obviously, there's a planning part to that. But um, yeah, we're doing tabletop exercises. We're, we're doing hands-on exercises. In fact, all this week, there's some active shooter training going on here. And mm -hmm. it's actually a surprise to our crews. Our crews don't know what they're, what they're going into and they're being surprised with the training. Um, we've had multiple communications tabletops and then all the resource working groups are doing exactly what you're saying. In fact, in the PIO group last week, it, it was scenarios at the end of the meeting, you know, okay, what if this, who's handling this? How are we doing that? Um, a couple weeks ago, we had a communications tabletop and there were 150 agencies represented all just in that one tabletop exercise. So when wow. I say a lot of people are involved, like a lot of people are involved. How, did, how do you get assigned to a particular resource working group? Like, how does that process go of determining sure. who in the agency wants to be there or is just assigned to be there? Um, I assume everybody's got to be in one, right? Not everybody, but certainly, you know, all of the 40-hour staff that's in charge of things like EMS and, you know, operations and um, planning and, emergency, you know, the emergency operations center, PIO, you sort of fall into what's your natural role. So all of our EMS captains are working in EMS, all of our special events captains are working there. So you really do fall into what um, makes sense in the roles that you're already playing in the organization. And then if there are gaps, which there really shouldn't be, but if there were, um, someone would, would say, hey, I'll, I'll step in there or I'll, I'll participate in this or that. So a yeah, lot of it depends on, on your specialty for, it, it, you know what though, that sounds like, Hey, that's, 
<laughs> that's logics, but sometimes we know that doesn't necessarily happen yeah. in the fire service or, you know, just in, in general. Um, but I think, right, like you guys, uh, and I say this as a, a group, right. Glendale Fire has learned from, you know, from, from Super Bowl the first time to now the third time. Yes. What, like in your eyes, what's the biggest challenge you guys still face? Staffing. I think staffing, you know, um, and I, I don't know if we had a lot of in-kind staffing previously, but I do know for this one, we have 12 other agencies helping us on game day with just the surrounding events right in the immediate area of the Super Bowl itself, because we have all these different parties and little little gets get togethers on on property and right off adjacent in, in our westgate entertainment area so like even some of the parking lots are cordoned off and that's a private party so mm. the, just the sheer amount of people not even necessarily going to the game but on property per se um, is going to require a lot of help so we work in the automatic aid system which is just phenomenal and we are so grateful for our automatic aid partners, not just on the everyday level, but when it comes to something like this, where we can raise our hand and say, hey, we need X amount of, of people to help us. Can you provide that on the day? And, and agencies are happy to step up and step in. And it's really a partnership. So I would say staffing is probably the, the biggest challenge. And then communicating, obviously, with each other using the same language, correct? And you know, obviously radio channels and I mean, right. all the different logistics behind that. But like you said, you guys started from day one after this, you know, probably after the last time you had the Super Bowl and thought, hey, if this ever happens again, we're already starting to prepare for it. Um, sure. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, there's plans. They already have plans. Everything's yeah. tangibly written down. We go, okay, well, what did we do before? And then there's always an after action. So that's helpful. Well, this didn't work. This does work. Um, but like I said, because we work in the automatic aid system, we all already speak the same language. We all already do things fairly similarly. Uh, it's not a big change from one end of the valley to mm -hmm. the other necessarily. So we all work on the same radio channel. It's, it's normal. We're dispatched from the same dispatch center. Um, it's not so out of the ordinary that we would run with four, five, six different agencies yeah. together. Yeah. Gosh. Hundred and how many did you say? Hundred and fifty-one different agencies. hundred and fifty were represented in that one tabletop. And, and it's amazing just to see, like, uh, you know, when we watch this, and I know, like, now, hopefully now people are a little bit more like, oh, yeah, that's all these different things are going on. But like, I my brother went uh, to the Super Bowl like when it was in Minneapolis. I think it was like nineteen ninety-two, just a long time ago, and he was just telling me stories about that. That was you know before a lot of. A lot of the things were even thought of now, but you know, he was saying all week long, it's just celebrity event. And like you were saying, um, you know, you just, you would never know what party was going on or what other event was going on, what concert was going on. You know, I think he said he went up in the elevator with Deion Sanders and like Deion had a big fur coat on and it got in his mouth and he was just, <laughs> and he's like, but Dion had like security guys with him, And mm -hmm. I mean, it's just crazy stuff goes on like that. Um, you know, so the, the intricacies of this is pretty interesting how you guys have adapted over the, the course of time. And now you're, you're, you're to a point where, um, you have good people in place like you and you guys have learned. So like for you personally, like what, what's the biggest surprise? Like every, I mean, this is now your third time. There's gotta be something that you just go, Oh my God, this is crazy. Not yet. 
I'm sure it's yeah. coming. You know, this year, uh, a big messaging change is drones because we drones weren't that wasn't a really a thing even in 2015. Uh, and if it was, I don't remember it being a big deal. But this year, you know, a lot of talk about no drones and and drone messaging and and making sure that people understand they can't fly drones there. And so a lot of talk about drones this year. That would probably be the only real surprising thing at this point. But the other thing on top of the fact that we have Super Bowl is we have waste management open at the oh exact God. same time. Oh, wow. Scottsdale. So they get like 300,000 people at a time. Yeah. Coming yeah. Through. And we're going to have 100,000. So they keep looking at us like 100,000 people. We got 300,000 coming through. But when you think about, well, they're probably going to be over there for one of the days and then they're going to be at concerts and they're going to be at parties and then they're going to come here. It, that is just a massive amount of people maneuvering right. through the cities, you know? I forgot about that. I, You know what, Janelle? We should have done this on site because what two fun uh, events, down. right? Oh, and come it's warm down. over there. Well, so. not today. It's chilly. I mean, okay, I listened to one the other day and someone was like, yeah, it was negative eight on uh, college game day in the morning. I was going, oh, it's yeah. not that cold. But it was 31 degrees here this morning, and that's cold for Arizona. Um, yeah, sure. I'll take yeah, your word sorry. for it. No, I kid it. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. Yeah, yeah those 10 degrees. In, 10 degrees those, today. The <laughs> southwest are not. We we can't relate to what you go through, Aaron. I'm no, sorry. I had to wear a sweatshirt to work and everything today. Yeah, that's a violin going for you right there. You're getting no sympathy. Although when I go to, if I come and visit you guys over there and I'll be like, it's so hot. Here, just slow yeah. down. You'll be like, hey, come on, man. There's no right. sympathy there. Yeah, right. Come in August when it's 118. We'll see how you do. Um, I, You know, I'm okay. It's a dry <laughs> heat though, right? It's a dry heat. Not when the monsoons um, come through. That's, that's true too. Well, it, and that's the thing. So, you know, are there, and there's contingency plans for weather. Correct. Like you guys have to, um, you know, you have to plan for weather. You have to plan for obviously, it, and th that's been talked about. I, I yeah. imagine in in, in all yeah. your different conversations. Um, our weather, our weather folks are in our resource working groups. Uh, the power people are in our resource working groups. The highway people are, you know, Department of Transportation. Every, I'm telling you, if you can think, oh, that might be affected, they're there. They are a yeah. part of it. I can't remember. Does that stadium have a, a dome that closes? We have a retractable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's helpful. It, yeah, for sure. And that's that's yeah. the um, that's the Cardinals' home field, right? You're not. That's the. Right. Is it Diamondbacks' one that 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 the actual field goes out? No, that's us. That's the Cardinals. That, that mm -hmm. is okay. Yes. And so yeah. they close the dome then the the game the day of the game. Correct. I believe so. So sometimes they do a flyover in the beginning. I don't know if they're doing a flyover, oh, yeah. but yep. I know there's a no fly time frame, so maybe not. And so, how, what's the change? Like, obviously, you guys have to. You have all these different events that yeah. go on, um, and you were saying just the magnitude of stuff that goes around around it. Like for you personally, though, you know, do you have to work all those those different events also? You know, throughout the year. You know, what's the biggest change? you know, for you personally, when you, when you do you know, these. It's just that we are working in IMT, in the joint information centers for 10 straight days. And then the emergency operations center is open too. So, and then there's the daily. So it just required, normally I just 
it's just me. Um, and I have some, some fellas that help me um, on the off hours do, do responding for interviews and things like that. But I had to bring in two more people to help because I can't, I can't be in an EOC and an, and a JIC and on site the day of the game, um, or for 18 hour timeframes, 10 days leading up to it. So, mm-hmm. um, for me, the biggest change is just the amount of work that and places that we need to be all at once for uh, for two weeks, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest party that you guys got to prep for? Give us some insight stuff. Come on, let's get okay, to the so juice of this, right? Who, the who truth do of you... the matter is the games in Glendale and everything else is everywhere else. Like the concerts are in Phoenix. The... Dave Matthews is going to be there, right? Dave Matthews is at a concert somewhere, I believe. Yeah, so probably in Scottsdale. Uh, you know, like okay. Tempe's got, here's the thing. Tempe's has concerts. I think Goodyear's got concerts. Phoenix has concerts. Scottsdale's got concerts. It, it's like, it, it's literally everywhere, but we don't have a whole lot on site other than the game that I know of. No, that's not true. So there are a couple concerts leading up. I don't even remember what day. There's so many, I can't keep it straight. But like, yeah. there are private concerts, I think on Friday and Saturday before the Super Bowl. And the NFL experience is in Phoenix. I mean, it. I looked up a list of all the events the other day. I should show it to you. It's, it's massive. You can't even read it. You're like, where do I start with all of the things and where they are and what's required? And it's it's incredible amount of coordination when it comes to that. So um, I don't have any tea because I really don't know. I'm like very focused on us and what Uh, we're doing and how we're preparing because that's my lane. I'm trying not to like, you know. But as the PIO, you would know if anyone in maybe the uh, administration was going to be making an appearance. In the administration? Is Biden coming perhaps? Oh. PD would know. No, I have not been in any meetings that have said that. I think everyone's really waiting for the teams to be announced before mm-hmm. we know. Well, the they got to earn that spot. They're not announced. I know what you mean, right? It's true. But, I, I was in a meeting yeah. last week and they were saying, you know, talking about the airport and how many um, reservations they have for flights to come in. And they were like, yeah, we're like 43% full for flights. And they go, but next week when it's announced we expect this huge influx right here's some tea for you this is so crazy this is how some of the the really incredibly wealthy people deal with the super bowl they stay in scottsdale and then they take a helicopter from scottsdale to glendale to get to the game because they don't boy drive where do they that's kind of crazy where do they fly into we have an airport right right adjacent to the stadium and then they'll have to take a limo or private car over to the stadium yeah they're not taking an uber x there or a uber cheap yeah i don't think they could even get one probably but they wanted to do it on site or somewhere really close to the stadium and it just logistically wasn't going to work out so sorry jay and we know rihanna's going to be i'm sorry rihanna rihanna my bad rihanna yeah Uh she the halftime show right yeah yeah, so yeah. we know she's going to be there. That'll be we big. Do. And I know yeah. when her press conference is, too. Oh, know. see, there, there's, that's the inside there, stuff yeah. that you got to go because yeah. it's press, <laughs> it's PIO, it's you. I have to go. It's, yep. it's press. Now, I'm going to ask this question. I already know the answer, but I just want Janelle to light up. So who do you want to be there? Which team do you want represented today? 
49ers, of course. Mm. Go Niners. So there's the West Coast contingency. I don't have a stake in the game, so I, you know. Um, so then you should root for the Niners, obviously. I, I, you know, Nobody I, I, roots for the Eagles if they don't have to root for the Eagles. Except or... your family, Janelle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He except for to. your significant others an Eagles fan, so he you has have... to. Oh, well, I will root for the Eagles when they're not playing the Niners, right? Okay. And I will root for the Cardinals when they're not playing the Niners. Yeah. Oh yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. So there's no local team involved anymore, which would just add. I mean, how much chaos can you even imagine? How that would be if there, if the you know the home team made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, you have. On top of that, like staffing's already an issue, but then all these people that want to be there to experience that have to work, right? Like, yeah, isn't it? It's like you, so it's not just your department. It's not just Glendale that has all hands on deck. It's all the departments around it. Yeah. Um, and it exhausts a lot of, if not all, uh, you know, that surrounding area for 10 or 15 days. Um, are you guys, yeah, when it's done, are you just like, thank God? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. then- you go to work on Monday. It's like Sunday and then, you know, it's back to business on Monday because EMS, fire, it doesn't stop. We're we're a very busy city. We're small, but we are very, very busy. And, you know, there are still emergencies that are going to happen, even though the Super Bowl is happening. And there's yeah. still, there's still training and promotions and all kinds of stuff that have to happen. And that starts again on Monday at 8 a.m. So, while this is all great and we've been working so hard, it feels as though a lot of other things get kind of paused. Um, I, I find myself the last couple of weeks like, oh yeah, let's do that after the Super Bowl. Hey, let's set that up for after the Super Bowl yeah. because yep. you were just so inundated with anything and everything Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, your department is just getting to the point where we just need to be able to respond and prep for the Super Bowl. But you know, you brought up a good point. Is that one of the one of the hardest parts of being PIO during this time to remind people that we still are a functioning fire department, city fire department, and we still are out of, you know, med units at 9 a.m. because we're running our normal population and our normal calls, right? And now right. you add all these people here, it's it's difficult. And do you think like the general population, you know, I guess it's regional and and, and probably geographic but do they do you, do they understand that, or is that what you're really focused on I think, teaching? I think that's our message. Is you know, I, uh, people keep asking us, uh, "What's different? What's different? What are you doing?" It's uh, the truth is we're not really doing anything different. We do this every single day. This is our bread and butter, right? We we run EMS calls every single day. Fall injuries, trauma, any kind of medical issue that someone's going to have. I mean, that's that's common for us. So we don't really have to train on that. What we talk about are the larger scale possibilities and, and the not so common things, but everyone wants to, to talk about Damar Hamlin and it's like, yeah. well, what, what if that happens? Well, then we will work him as a code just as we do every other person, every other day. Um, and, and I don't mean for that to sound callous, but it, it's true that's what we do. We're very well trained for those kinds of incidents. And whether it's with a bunch of TV cameras or not, it's the same excellent EMS treatment. So that's going to happen for us. Do we need to maybe ask our partners, hey, um, Stryker is, is loaning us a bunch of extra equipment, right? So we're going to have 
Lucas devices and mm -hmm. more AEDs and more more monitors because we don't physically have those resources. And they're like, yeah, we'll we'll loan them to you. But truth be told, we're not doing anything all that different. This is what we're, this is what we do. It's what we yeah. do. And and if there's a house fire two blocks away from the Super Bowl on Super Bowl day, we're going to respond the same exact way that we would if it's in an hour. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That's the traffic might be a little traffic might be a little uh, thick. Um, we'll, you know, we'll, so. we'll manage. We'll we'll tell traffic, hey, we're you got to shut this down, or we're we're coming. And that's that's the beauty of having good plans in place too. We know what areas to avoid, right? And what traffic we what's blocked off that we can get through that maybe a normal group wouldn't be able to utilize. And they do shut down kind of the neighborhoods around around the stadium to help us get get around yeah, and not yeah. inundate those residents with with traffic. So yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned working group for everything, Aaron. Remember? Yeah, yeah, right. Hundred and we've got one for for traffic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just meant for like for the general population to hey, when you hear the sirens, like get get out of the way, man. Move you know, to like, the right. Yes. Yeah, we're still trying to operate as a city here, you know. Um, and I, I I'm glad you brought up Hamlin's, um, you know, just the the incident that happened, and it's it's very interesting to to talk and hear podcasts talk about that from the EMS side versus right. podcasts talk about that from the sports side, because the reality is the sports side doesn't see that a lot, no. but there's that me or that picture of, you know, Hamlin in the ambulance and the ambulance driving off for us, maybe, you know, as an EMS side, you know, I had people ask me, they're like, have you ever had to do, you know, CPR, have you ever had to do that? you know, not with 80,000 people and 4 million watching, but, you know, I've done it in the middle of crowded bars and restaurants and a lot, you know, almost you know, a lot of us have, and, and you hit it right on the head and it was, this is what we do, you know, and, um, whether it happens on a football field or happens in a park. Right. And have you had an influx of, of questions and, and agencies and whatnot reach out to you? Like, media wise so you've had to talk about that incident a little bit more recently yes so you know all, all of the local broadcasters are like do you have any super bowl stories do you have any and it it's like i i don't know i don't know what to talk about because it just seems normal to me and then they're like well what are you doing kind of like i said the preparations um we're doing a, an interview with a local station on thursday and and they were asking you know, well, what if that happened? Like, what happened with with Hamlin? Like, what 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 would you do? Um, so, I think there is interest in there, and and it's exactly what you said, Aaron. I don't know if you saw all the memes right after all the fire centric and EMS centric memes that were like watching other people's reaction to what was going on made me realize how messed up we are. Because <laughs> yeah, a little really, bit. Yeah, we yeah. see it every day, and we. None of us were shocked by it. None of us. I'm watching the reaction of the players, and it was, uh, you know, Josh Allen's face. They they panned to him, and he was so distraught. And it just makes you realize we are so desensitized to it, and we have put up so many um, emotional barriers and protecting factors so that we can do this job, and that doesn't. I hate to say it doesn't affect us that way, but we can't crumble every time we have to go do CPR. We can't have emotional responses 
when we have a child code in front of us or we're at a drowning or someone brings us their limp baby that we don't get to have emotions in that moment. We have to act. We have to do exactly what we're trained to do. We have to do it well and quickly. And Mm -hmm. we are expected to save that life. Right. So we're not afforded the luxury of standing there staring and, and being affected. We have to act. So, Um, it really did put it in perspective for me reading those memes and looking at those, those reactions, like, okay, first of all, do we all need some mental help because we're not affected by it? Or is this just how our bodies protect us? Is this just how our brains protect us so that we can continue to be effective in our jobs? You know, and thank goodness we're able to do that. And thank goodness we're able to put it aside and, and go to work like you said, whether it's 80,000 people and 4 million watching, or I did it I did it in front of a Mimi's Cafe on Father's Day and dad coded in, in front of the Mimi's Cafe, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, we're working him and doing CPR and his entire family's watching because they were all there to celebrate. So yeah. the stakes are equally as high. That's just as much pressure, I, you know, I, right? That's just as much pressure. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and you're right, the conversations you know, probably even this conversation, people are like, I can't believe they're that insensitive. They're talking about this. Well, uh, you pay us to be a little insensitive. And I don't mean that like, just like you were saying, Ashley, it's, it's, we have a job to do at that particular moment and you focus and I, you, I train for that moment and where we have the issue is after, you know, we need to be able to, um, understand what that's doing to us, you know, mentally, and how it's affecting us. And, and as a fire service, I think we've become a little bit more in tune with that. And we're, we're, we're coming up with better tools to deal with yes. that. But that doesn't mean our lunch conversations are still a little messed up because, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. well right? we'll be the first to admit it, but I do think what you were saying, it, that's the responsibility of, of your company officer after that call to check in and say like, how's everyone doing? Let's just make sure we're good. Um, don't assume your people are just fine, like that they can just move on and, and that everyone's good. Cause for whatever reason, any one of those high stress calls could, could hit somebody in a way that they're having a, a reaction that they're not used to. So I really think that's the moment where the company officer is earning their money because they're making sure they know their people well enough to recognize okay, they're a little bit off and maybe I need to really check in with them more or maybe I need peer support. And it can't just be in that moment after the call. Maybe it's the next day you're getting off work and, hey, you want to grab coffee or do you want to go for a hike or maybe tomorrow morning, right? So um, we've got to recognize that, that yes, we have these barriers and, and we're doing our job when we're doing our job, but that sometimes we need to have that check-in moment and go, all right. Is everyone okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very well put. I, and that's why we need strong company officers. And and one of the things we do here in Better Every Shift is we talk to a lot of good leaders who talk, say that same thing. You know, um, if anything, Hamlin's accident really humanized our job from the standpoint of, I think people maybe get a little bit understanding of what we see and what we do. And, and hopefully that leads to conversations like this around the firehouse. And right it might might lead to a question like how are you doing you know and and 
we may not see it until you said like, like the next day, like there's, there's times where we've responded. Um, and, and I think everyone can relate to this. We've responded, read about it in the paper the next day. And, and then it kind of hits us or we see a picture of it. Right. And, you know, and, and so in your position, do you see that? I mean, you, you see the media side of it, then do you also see how it can affect the crew? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I will touch on a specific incident. It was over the summer. Um, we had a, a double drowning. So two brothers uh, drowned in the family pool and the parents were doing CPR when we arrived on scene. And PD, of course, is there and, and they're much faster typically at getting to scenes than we are. So they they grabbed one of the babies and started doing CPR. And then our guys arrived and grabbed the second baby and was doing CPR. And um, I'm talking to the battalion chief on my way to the scene, like, hey, how you doing? And I could hear in his voice that he was not okay. Mm. And I said, chief, are you okay? And he was like, I, I can't do this. I can't do any more of these, right? And I stayed, I knew he didn't really want to stay on the phone. He was on scene, but I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm on my way. I immediately got off the phone, called peer support and said, someone needs to check on the chief. Cause the chief's job is going to be to check on the crews, but someone right. needs to check on him. Right. So I set that in motion while I was on my way to the call. And then I got there, gathered information, did the interviews. And I walked back over to check on PD cause I could see one of the officers just didn't look right and said, are you okay? And he said, I was the one that, that did CPR on the first baby. Mm. And he just, he needed to talk it out. Right. So I stayed for an hour and we, and we talked and um, learned some of his history and why he was feeling the way he was feeling. Granted, you don't need a history to feel any way about that, but, um, and then called their peer support and said, Hey, I just talked to officer so-and-so and, um, I don't know if you know his history, but he, this was hard. This was really hard. And they were like, we're on it. So I think we're really lucky to have a good peer support system and, and a system where if I called someone or someone calls someone for me and says, Hey, I think she needs to be checked on. Not only does it happen, but it's happening with someone that's truly invested in, in the outcome and making sure that everybody's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you bring as a PIO you're very good at communicating, correct? Right? Like I, I, I could tell, um, <laughs> which we are not very good at within the fire service. And so, you know, did you ever think that your job as PIO isn't necessarily to be able to communicate with the media? It's also to maybe teach us how to communicate better. So I will say I have gotten out of my lane in the PIO lane many times because of exactly what you're saying. I think um, we're privy to what what is happening in the entire organization, what is happening in our city, what is happening politically. You know, we really get that 5,000 foot level view in this position as PIOs because you really should be aligned very closely with your fire chief. You're the voice of your fire department the majority of the time. And so want to make sure that we're on track with what they want. But mm -hmm. it's also really easy, like you pointed out, to see the gaps and go, okay, I don't think that this message is getting across the way that it's intended. Or maybe I can help facilitate better information sharing by 
using these platforms or what do you think about um, initiating, you know, a podcast that's internal or uh, a YouTube or uh, however we determine our organization is absorbing information best, let's do that. Yeah. And let's make sure that we do it in multiple ways because just because I read my emails every day doesn't mean that the two-year guy on the truck is reading his, his emails on his off days. So where's he getting that information and, and where is he looking for it? So making sure that we're delivering information on all different levels. It's, it's similar to social media, right? Every platform wants something different. So let's give them what they want so that you get the best bang for your buck. Yeah. It's very that forward is. thinking now, you know, and it's awesome. It's great to hear. And this is what like to have you showcase that on our podcast. I'm <laughs> very livid. Uh, I'm, oh. I'm excited because, uh, um, this is this is what we want to hear. We want people of the fire service to go, hey, yeah, PIO. Traditionally, you look at PIO and they, oh, here's a press release, give it to the newspaper, and that's it, right? But you're taking it to the next level, which is awesome because it's not just social media. It's PIO out here and in here, internal and external. And um, God love you for it. Thank you. Thank you for your <laughs> insight because we need that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I try to, innovative's in our mission statement, and I really try to take that to heart. How can we be more forward thinking? And, and how can we, because PIO is not just external communications, it's how do I internally help my organization? Yeah. And it's a very public position, public being in the name, of course, but opportunities come to my office and, and people go, hey, I want to do this or that. And, um, picking up on those opportunities. We're, we're doing some work with cancer studies because I was exposed to, you know, uh, someone that is in the cancer field and wanted to do, and I said, we want to do it. How do we do it? How do I get involved? And just trying to take advantage of any opportunity that comes across our desk that will improve the lives of our membership and thus improve the service to the community. I'm all in and, and I'm, like I said, I've been accused of like, that's not really your lane. I know it's not, but look at the benefit, right? Look at what right. it could do. Right. And and who's to say that it's not? You know, like sometimes your boss can tell you that's not your lane. Well, they can, but um, you know, how do we advance and progress? How do we get better if we don't look outside the realm and, and think about being proactive like you're doing? Absolutely. And I it's everywhere. You just have to keep your eyes open. I mean you touched on social media and I hate to even bring it up because I try to keep myself under control when it comes to the social stuff. But, you know, I spend a lot of time on social, just looking at what is everybody doing and what is the messaging and how can we deliver a message that people want to hear, but we'll educate them at the same time. And how do we give them information that's useful to them and that could maybe prevent a, a tragedy or prevent an emergency and, and educate them. But those are tough messages to get across because people are bored by that. So how do we make it fun? How do I yeah. make it interesting so that they'll take it on? And how are other people doing that? Because that message gets to our audience too, our internal audience too. They just- Correct. Sometimes yeah. they're like, I didn't know we were doing, you know, I do a post. They're like, wait, what? I didn't know we're, that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if you do it creatively, that's a little bit of pride. You're like, yeah, we, yeah we're mm -hmm. doing that. You know? Yes. Check out our social. It's very creative. It's fun. <laughs> Will do. So, Captain, where will you be at the game? 
I will be on site at on the footprint where the media is. So sidelines on the sidelines. No, 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 no. Oh. just on the footprint. So we there's a media center directly across the street from the stadium. And that's where I think the majority of the media will be. So we'll be out there just in case something happens and we need to be sharing information and we'll be able to pass on information to the people working there and where the executive team, some of the execs will be there, things like that. You're going to snap some of those photos of the celebrities and shoot, shoot me a text, right? Of course. Right. We got to promo, we got to promo the, the episode, you know, after the game, we got to, you know, people go, wow, I wonder what, how much preparation and, and, you know, what, what forward thinking person gets to do the PIO for this. <laughs> right. You know, we get to, we're in the stadium for the build out. So that started on the ninth, I think the um, fire prevention team moved into the stadium to start doing some stuff and they do, they start building out the stadium to get prepared. And so we have crews that are in there anytime they're working, there's, there's an a EMS crew working in there as well. And um, in 2015, yep, I think, yeah, it was when P I think Pink was the halftime show and it was like, who gets to work yeah. the build out the day that they're <laughs> prepping for the halftime <laughs> show, right? Yeah. I think it was Katy Perry. You know, anyway, I just remember everyone was like, I, I want to, can I work that day? You know, the, right. the guy that does right. the special events that gets to do all of the scheduling. I'm sure he's getting a lot of little bribes. Like, please, yeah. I, I want to work that one. I can only imagine in the fire. Yeah, we know how that goes. <laughs> Speaking of this, that's a great yeah. segue into uh, we do hot seat questions. So these are real quick, rapid Let's fire go. questions. Um, yeah. Janelle, I think we you should leave? do a little round the horn this time too. All right, or at least a couple. At least What's a couple. Okay. All right, we'll, so. we'll, we'll we'll each get to answer this. Janelle, go with the first question. I think I know where she's going. Well, I was okay. First question. Uh, Ashley, what's your favorite Super Bowl halftime show of all time? Oh, last year by far. 50 Cent, Eminem. Oh my gosh. Bring me some 90s rap and R&B and I'm so happy. That was awesome. That yes. was awesome. I'm totally on board with you. For me, it's last year seeing Eminem, yep. Dre, Snoop, the whole gang. Oh. Uh, and then maybe second would be Prince. Aaron, what about you? By far, Prince. Really? Prince can Prince can make it rain during Purple he, Rain. That's he literally power. made it rain. That's he true. literally made it rain. And the the other side of that story, um, if you've ever watched behind the scenes, and this is what really made me confirm that was the greatest halftime show ever. The um, producer of the show called Prince that morning of and said, "Hey, just to let you know." I know you got a lot, you're in, you know, you got costumes, you got all this electrical, you got the amps up there. The weather forecast is calling for rain. And, you know, if you want to try to dampen this down or whatever, you know, just let me know. And he, and so he, in Prince fashion, he said, there's like silence. And then Prince just said, can you make it rain harder? And then hung up. <laughs> That's awesome. That's such a good story. Boom. That's Prince. And if you look, he was in high heels on that yeah. slippery stage playing guitar. Um, so I get chills just thinking about it because I've seen Prince live. I've been very fortunate to see oh. him in concert twice. And he, uh, he was, he, the second time he was a real deal. Um, he went through that kind of symbol period. But anyways, I would say Prince 
Sorry, I'm not going rapid fire on this. Um, You're good. Oh, so fun fact. I just realized. So the first Super Bowl that I lived in Arizona, I was going to ASU at the time. And the, it was the Steelers and I forget. But they played in the ASU stadium. And I lived in the dorm adjacent. And just if you got to the very top dorm rooms, the very top floor, you could see just into the stadium a little bit. And they recruited all these, you know, ASU students to go be part of the halftime show. So tons of students were in the halftime show. It was pretty cool. That was That's neat awesome. to live there during that. Yeah. That was cool. So what's your favorite Super Bowl food? Okay, this is going to be so random. When you walk through the stadium during Super Bowl, they, they heat up and, oh, I can't say this without it sounding weird. There's nuts that they sell, like pecans <laughs> and almonds. Sorry, it's the truth. It the okay. smell just permeates all of the areas as you're walking through, and they are delectable. These pecans that are sweetened and warm, it's delicious. So I, I have to do this. This is probably edited out. So the smell of hot nuts is I, your favorite, right? Yeah, I I could. I do work in it. a fire. I did work in a firehouse. I worked in a firehouse. Yes. Pecans and, and stuff. I get it. No, I, I imagine it's like Cinnabon, right? You, you smell that. It just, even if it doesn't taste good, you smell it. Yeah, I got even you. Even if it I, doesn't taste good, you smell it. Yep. Yeah. Janelle, what's yours? <laughs> Beat that, Janelle. <laughs> well, I was thinking of this as like watching the game because I have not been at a Super Bowl, but watching at home, I mean, you can't beat like great pizza and some wings, you know, watching the game. So, from the comfort of my own home, not at a stadium, that's my go-to. It's just a got it. good right, pizza. You asked about Super Bowl food, and I immediately thought nuts. Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I get it. Yep. All right. I actually, uh, so on that, I do have a chili recipe that's actually been published on all recipes from the Super Bowl. What? What? Yeah. Just a little fun fact that you don't know you about me. You have to send me so. the link. Yeah. It's just, it's healthy firehouse to chili. And if you go to all recipes or if you just Google that, it'll come up. And it's a recipe that we came up with for uh, an actual Super Bowl um, edition of our local paper probably 10 years ago. And I think now it's got five stars on all recipes. What? Okay. So you just gave me a great idea. I'm going to have all the firehouses on Super Bowl day send me a picture of what they're eating or what they're making. Oh, yep. I love yep. it. Like a little Super Bowl food fun day. Yep. Yep. They'll probably like send you just wrappers of things because they're going to be so busy. They're not going to be there. But They may not um, cook. That's actually a real They may thing. not cook. But, you know, maybe the day before or some some other things. Yeah. Um, that go into it, you know. Um, but All right, we and we're going to feature this right? too. We're going to put it online. We're going to oh, we're going to put that on Instagram. So we'll we'll see who's got the best in Glendale. Ooh. Well, and yeah, and, we do and, have some this, cooking videos already up there. They they do well. Cooking videos do well. Well, and that's you know the one the one thing about Super Bowl uh, and why we we appreciate you you coming on and talking about that. And we got into so many other things in the fire service that. I think a lot of people can hopefully will get and, and be able to apply, but it brings family together, right? Whether you're in a firehouse and, um, you know, your bond just between your team, whatever the team is that you guys root for, but, you know, there's obviously that connection right away. And that's really what, you know, fire service is about, what life is about. And, um, you know, thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm and your insight. And, um, you know, with that, like, 
uh, the, a Super Bowl probably means something a little bit different to you, right? Like, how is the you know final question like you know parting kind of words about what you see surrounding the Super Bowl and the good thing that comes up from that? I would say really what you just hit the nail on the head. It's about connection. It's about coming together for a common goal, making sure that people are safe, making sure that everyone has a good time, everyone goes home with good memories. Um, and the amount, the sheer amount of people that are coming together to make sure that that happens is really incredible. Mm -hmm. And the amount of time that people have spent to make sure whoever's here, whether they're working or they're visiting or they live here, that it's a good day for them and everyone goes home safely. It's pretty incredible. That's great. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Anything else, Janelle? I'm good. I just appreciate you being here. I'm excited for, for the big game. Thanks for having me, you guys. This was a blast. Uh, well, great job. Uh, again, we appreciate the insight. And, uh, sure. you know, just to, to confirm it, you know, uh, when you, and everyone is watching the game, just please take a moment to to think about those people behind the scenes, like Ashley and her department and the sacrifices that are making people are making to, um, uh, to be able that we, to, so we can see and enjoy this safely. And, um, you know, thank you to your department, your staff, and we're all uh, very appreciative. And, you know, I think that's, that's the, the cool thing about, uh, community and these events. And sometimes, you know, we always end better every shift with a little kind of tagline where you, you can find motivation and you can find positive, um, you know, positive insight and, 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 uh, and knowledge. Sometimes you got to look for it around you a little bit more, but in a case like this, um, if you just step back, you know, it's there. So make sure we all utilize that be better every single day. Thank you so much for, uh, joining us and listening to us. And please, uh, you can email us with any questions at better every shift at fire onecom Please leave a review. Most importantly, take care of you and each other.